Then the Lord, Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Prior to this, one of Job's friends named Elihu had been defending God to Job. Job and his friends all had a pretty basic understanding of the universe and the causal relationship between human sin and human tragedy. If something really bad happened to you, it was because you had done something really bad. Job questioned how this could be so in his case, since he hadn't sinned in some terrible way. And Elihu, Job's friend, on the other hand, defended God to the hilt, telling Job how he bad he was and how righteous God was. There was very little compassion with Elihu. There was no question in Elihu's mind that he was right. He used scripture to pack his arguments. He gave platitudes and simple answers to Job's misery. I think when it comes down to it, Elihu basically made himself feel better. The world was still flat. God never let bad things happen to good people. Therefore, Elihu was safe. And everything was in its place. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge, God responds. You don't understand all that is, Elihu, nor for that matter, Job, to you. The world is far more complex and mysterious than you allow. And simple answers to complex questions don't actually help. Thank you for trying to defend my sovereignty, God was saying. But my sovereignty doesn't really need your defense. Try instead for some compassion towards your friend. Remember, Elihu, it's love God and love each other, not defend God's sovereignty at the expense of the other. Imagine if Elihu had simply continued to sit with his friend Job as he had when he first arrived, grieving with him. And when Job began to question, he had said, I don't really know why all this terrible stuff happened to you, my friend. You are a really good guy. This basically totally stinks. I don't think you deserve this. What if when Job had begun questioning God, Elihu had not been afraid to allow Job to question God? What if he had simply said, yeah, I get why you would question God's fairness right now. It doesn't seem right what happened to you. I love you, Job, and I'm with you. And what if Elihu had been willing to question and wonder with Job? They may not have become so entrenched in being right that they ended up darkening counsel by words without knowledge. We're going through a difficult time in the Episcopal Church right now with folks divided over a difficult issue. Some folks rejoicing that marriage has been extended to same-sex couples and some folks deeply disturbed by the same. At the heart of this issue on both sides is people. And people on both sides of this issue are hurting. There are people within our congregation on both sides of this issue. People we love. People who are hurting. I think one desire many of us share is for everything to be settled and done. Let's just quit messing with it. Let's just quit talking about it. Let's just know with absolute certainty what the correct answers are or at least be able to put the issues aside and those others out of our minds. One key lesson I find in the book of Job, however, is that the kingdom of God desires compassion 
more than it desires correct answers. Folks on both sides of this issue often don't understand what folks on the other side of this issue are going through. Sometimes even believing on one side of this or any deeply held issue, just believing on one side is hurtful to the people on the other side. And yet we often don't see or understand that. When people we love are going through difficult times that we don't understand, Job teaches me that a good response might be, I don't quite understand what you're going through. But I do understand that it's extremely difficult and painful for you. I think that might have been a response more pleasing to God that Elihu could have given Job compassion more than correct answers. God's grace more than theologically righteous grandstanding. We're reminded in Hebrews, after all, that Jesus is not unable to sympathize with us in our weakness, but knows exactly how hard it is to be human in this world. Jesus gives us grace precisely because it is so darn hard to be human in this world. Now, like James and John, we often want power and glory. It's going to make our way a little bit easier, isn't it? With enough power and glory, we can pretty well do what we want. We can pretty well have the way things go the way we want them to go and people to do what we want them to do. But Jesus wasn't offering power and glory. Jesus was offering grace. When James and John asked in yet another way for power within Jesus' kingdom, Jesus tells them that the place of authority and power is not his to give. It's a pretty kind answer, I think, at this point. Sorry, guys, it's just not mine to give. I love you guys, but I'm so sorry. I have a feeling if it had been me, I would have pretty well been fed up at this point with James and John. Good Lord, guys, I think I would have said, I've been teaching you for over a chapter and a half of Mark's Gospel now that the kingdom of God is not about seeking power and glory, and yet here you are at it again. That's a bit like what the other disciples were thinking and saying. They were angry at James and John. Dude, I can't believe you tried to pull that over on us. Tried to get power over us when they were also secretly thinking, I'm so glad they had the gumption to ask Jesus about that before I did. (laughs) The disciples were angry and Jesus gave them grace. Jesus simply offered another moment for teaching for his disciples. Guys, the Gentiles seek power and glory over each other, and they become tyrants over each other. That's not who we are. Among us, greatness comes from serving each other. Among us, greatness comes from risking losing everything for the sake of the beloved. And guys, I'm not going to squander my life, Jesus taught, by seeking power and glory for myself. I'm going to live my life and give my life for the sake of all humanity. Giving up myself for the sake of my beloved. I know how hard it is for all of you, my beloved disciples, my beloved humanity, Jesus was saying. So I will give my life so that you may receive grace. 
We're called by Jesus to give each other that same grace. Feed my sheep, Jesus told Peter. We were reminded earlier at the loyalty dinner this week. Peter was a bit hurt during this conversation, remember? Lord, you know all things, Peter said. You know that I love you. As Jesus asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. Then feed my sheep, Jesus told Peter. And in this short exchange, painful though it was for Peter, Jesus showed great compassion for Peter and gave him great grace. Jesus knew Peter's heart was breaking over denying Jesus three times. And so Jesus gave Peter three opportunities to profess his love for Jesus. Rather than just keep it quiet, rather than just let Peter assume, I guess everything's okay. We're having a fish fry. I guess things are okay. (laughs) Jesus gave Peter the grace to know that all was well in that uncomfortable, grace-filled conversation that he had. And then, feed my sheep, Jesus told Peter. You don't know everything. You get things wrong about as often as you get them right, Pete. And I want you to feed my sheep. You don't need to be powerful and mighty, Jesus was saying in today's gospel. I don't even want you to be powerful and mighty, Jesus said. I just want you to feed my sheep. I want you to serve others. I want you to give compassion to others. I want you to give grace to others. There are times when we feel threatened by others. Or when we're disturbed, disturbed over disagreements of deeply held and difficult issues in our church. And we tend to want to be able to exercise power and authority over the other, making sure things go our way. Looking at God's response to Elihu and Job. Looking at Jesus' response to James and John and Jesus' response to Peter. I think Jesus has taught us to feed one another with compassion more than correctness. I think Jesus has taught us to offer grace to each other when we hurt each other rather than ignoring the problem and hoping it'll eventually just fade away. uncomfortable as they may be, grace and compassion are what Jesus gives us. And then he tells us to feed his sheep with the same. Amen.